it's side drop man you know what it is you clicked on it or something you push you push something either a key or a mouse click or a piece of glass a part of your phone that was smooth and maybe it's cracked because you dropped your fucking phone but hopefully you had one of those protectors and uh you don't have to actually replace the the full screen you can just replace the little protector you know that's what i do um (laughs) this is this is a good song but we're gonna we're gonna take that down a bit uh we got andrew obenwriter on today's episode that's what's up and he is the founder creator creative director the man behind move mag and we really appreciate him joining us all the way from mexico city uh we had him via skype so unfortunately there were some audio issues i'm going to warn you guys off the gate off the bat here uh audio on skype is and this is why you know for a long time i've had a rule against skype interview and maybe you guys can help me figure this out. You know, send me a DM. Let me know what you guys think. I'm going to poll the audience here and figure out what the fuck we should do because I'm still torn. Like, I want to have a guest like Andrew Obenreiter on that I can't normally have. I'm sick of fucking Skype audio cutting out and just not really feeling as connected with the guest. Um, not sick of it. I don't want to say that. I'm just saying I uh, I want there to be the right balance and that's something we talk about today um so maybe it's a mix maybe it's a mix you know what i'm saying we got andrew over right around they dropped their very first episode or episode jesus christ issue of move mag the first print issue the first publication kind of of its kind you know we don't want to go that far because of course there has been other magazines parkour culture magazines you could say even but um i really feel like that this is a a milestone of sorts you know only time will tell but this is uh it was really really awesome to have it at this timing uh when we get our move mag we we ordered a copy here at high drop studios is gonna be delivered soon hopefully and we can maybe flip through that with you guys a little bit um but in this episode, we not only talk about the issue and a little bit of technology and some other things, but we talked about um, first and foremost, like kind of personal growth and identity in the path of, of of figuring out who you are. So that's some that's some good meaty stuff right there. I hope you guys dig this one. Uh, much love for listening. Thank you, Obenreiter. Thank you, Andrew Obenreiter, for being a part of this. Can't say it enough. And get in that description you know all of it's in there you guys know what to do uh we'll see you on the end of the episode enjoy what's up brother man hey we did it i'm brother can you hear me can you hear me okay i can hear you beautifully all right yeah you too brother um good to see you man how you been likewise man uh phone tag in the morning is my favorite oh yeah let's just start uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm great, man. I'm um, exhausted. I'm not I, sleeping, but I can't imagine that you've been working overtime, just doing light late nights, and who knows what trying to get this thing out. Oh man, yeah, lots of uh, lots of just like manual shipping. Oh yeah, and, yeah, it's it's been good. Are you doing um all the orders and stuff yourself, like shipping all the magazines and clothing? Yep. Where does that stuff, uh, is it warehoused where you're at in Mexico or? 
No, we have uh, we have warehouses in the states and in Europe for clothing and magazine. Nice, damn dude, you got yeah. a whole network bubbling up here. That's pretty amazing. Working on it, man. Uh huh. Ah, I said working on it. Yeah. So, yeah. Have you been yourself? It's been a uh, it's been a little while. It's definitely been a minute, dude. I don't even know. I think the last time we got to cross paths was like way back in Cherry Creek. There was just a day where we were all kind of just down training, if I'm not mistaken. And you were yeah, in town. I, it was after that, actually. Oh, what? Uh, it was um, last the Storm Boys were in, and uh, we were fucking around at the oh. university. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. Good, good catch there. Yeah, man. I mean, I did a whole lot, so it's yeah. not like, but, you know. That's what injuries will do to you, man. Oh yeah, yeah, me too, man. I'm, uh, <laughs> I know exactly what that game's like. It's, it's been a bit of a, you know, rough last couple of years. To be perfectly mm-hmm. frank, it's just like, I think, ultimately, like I've had to like sort some stuff out. I had to like separate myself from whatever I was. You know, injuries will kind of put you in this direction where you're like, oh, maybe, uh, maybe you have to realize who you are without parkour, who you are without your the, the movement that you're going towards right um or that you want maybe for yourself and once i started digging into that and then i started digging deeper and deeper and it just i was like you know what let's get to the bottom of this so i don't have to revisit it you know what i mean and, Absolutely. and so um i've been kind of going to the bottom of that for the last like i don't know how long many months and weirdly enough i feel like i just finally figured out where my bottom is like last yesterday or something. And now I'm kind of feeling like, all right, we're good. We're good. Now we're back on the, on the forward path, more of an upward path. Beautiful man. <clears throat> what, what happened exactly? If you don't mind me asking. Um, yeah, well, you know, and this is kind of interesting. I don't know if, um, I, I mean, I don't have a protocol. I wish I had a better protocol for, for like, you know, when the guest is like, all right, we're recording now, you know, and stuff like this. Um, I don't know if you're down to just take it from the top because I, I think this is all interesting stuff. We'll just take it from the beginning of the record recall. Yeah, man. sounds good to you. All right. Um, what happened was, you know, and I've talked about it on the podcast, so I don't want to like drown or dull people to death on this, but basically, you know, just, I was on a trajectory, my body, was not meeting my mind in what I wanted to cap- to do. And, uh, and maybe that was, you know, partially because of lack of discipline. Maybe I could have been more like disciplined about training and things like this. I learned, but you know, I just realized that I was not going to be able to sustain the trajectory I was on. And I was just feeling worse and worse. And my body was hurting more and more and I had to listen to it and I had to take a step back and once you start finally peeling back the layers, I feel like, oh, there's just more. There's just more. Like you think it's just this one thing. Okay, I'll just wait for my knee to heal. And it's like, it's not just about your knee. It's about your hip and about your ankle and about your soul. And like, <laughs> then it goes like deeper than that. You know, it's just like, oh, and by the way, maybe you're doing a lot of this stuff for for even reasons that like you were running from something. And, you know, there's lots of fascinating stuff that you kind of have to peel back and um, as I've done more and more of the work, I've just had to siphon, you know, all the, the, the gunk that was stuck, you know, in my 
just just deep deep rooted like things that i hadn't dealt with or things that i was using drugs or parkour in some ways to <clears throat> to to distance myself from you know and and thankful that you know parkour has given me a place to put some of that energy in a healthy way give me you know as much as it was a tool that i was kind of misusing on occasion it was something that i knew was better than the path that i was on then you know which was just like drinking and and whatever um and just being super self-destructive but very relatable man but uh yeah yeah that's kind of the gist of it that's kind of a general things that i've learned and now i've kind of compartmentalized a little bit of all that stuff made my peace with um with a lot of it and with with all of it i guess you could say you know there's always going to be more but um i feel like i just have done some serious descending if you will um into the depths of uh of what like you know my shadow or whatever you could say you know there's like i'm sure you're you're well versed on this kind of stuff it seems like I mean, (laughs) (laughs) you seem to understand and I feel like I'm talking in kind of vague terms. So, um, yeah, are you you familiar as well? uh, Oh, certainly the last, um, oh man. Okay. So I think this goes, this goes far deeper than the physical injury as well. Like you said, Mm -hmm. uh, but I think, um, the physical injury is what brought out most of those things for me and or at least made them far more clear than i had ever yeah i ever felt that they were um but what was it four years three and a half three and a half four years ago i basically did one of my biggest running precision or yeah probably the largest running precision that i've ever tried to stick it was like 16 feet give or take um and in short, I was not in a good mental space to be actually training. Mm. Uh, I told myself that I would go out and move that day for the sake of moving, but I wasn't going to work on anything um, that was that was kind of delving through the process of, of fear. And uh, I didn't listen to myself. Mm. Basically, I got in a fight in a, in a fight with my uh, my significant other, mm. and uh, yeah, I, I jeopardized myself uh, because of it. Um, but basically, I fell short and uh, hyperextended the entire way through dorsiflexion. Toe touched my shin. Uh, I walked off almost like nothing happened. And within like two minutes, I was like, okay, it's a bad ankle thing, but like it'll it'll <clears throat> kind of. Work. <laughs> uh, you know, five minutes later I'm like I can't stand <laughs> <laughs> Shit. So I do. and my my Russian buddy Andrei Pishalnikov literally was like yo 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 like take you to the metro and I was like <laughs> take me to the hospital I can't <laughs> but this man just like leads me in a metro and I ended up not going to the hospital I went and met my girlfriend in the city and got you know scolded for for not going um but basically it turned into this like three-year healing process where i had seen five different doctors and all of them were like you're getting better you're getting better and i didn't get better uh, i ended up having a uh a grade three sprain that became a so, recurring grade three sprain so that's like a p- complete ligament tear Ligament tear. Yeah. Um, I, I had torn my talofibular ligament. 
Mm. Um, I had broken the uh, the corner off my talus, which is the, oh, the base. Oh, shit. Yeah, so there was just like a bunch of joint oh, fragments. Oh, God damn. That's gnarly. Can you excuse me for one second? Hold that thought. I have to, I'm freaking out that I forgot to press record on this real quick. Let me just check this. <laughs> I I did press record. We're good. We're good. I, no <laughs> I was just like, oh, shit. Am I not getting this? Okay. Sorry about that. So you broke the tip off of your talus. I, I broke the tip off my thallus and I was having basically when I went in to see this final uh, this final surgeon he was like hey man so have you ever been to a party that you don't that you really didn't enjoy and I was like yeah and he goes well so that's basically what's happening with your joint capsulate you have uh, you're having this bone fragment party with a bunch of like unexpected guests that you probably don't want and I was like hmm. that figures why one second, so one second, buddy. You're breaking up a little bit. Can you? Yeah, I think you are a little bit sketchy still, but I think we're good now. Okay. Yeah, we're good. Um, yeah, so I ended up having to have uh, in short reconstructive surgery, uh, <laughs> bone removal, and they had to remove a bunch of uh, a bunch of bones first. I think like seven or eight. And, and total. Um, so what should have been like me immediately going to see uh, someone more qualified, I ended up like taking what could have been six months to like a year and a half of recovery, and it's been like four. So I'm moving again. Um, I'm enjoying moving again, which is which is beautiful. Uh, but what I realized in the process, like you said, there were there was so many other things mm. that went into this healing process that were not just physical. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you end up, you know, it, it forced me to look at the, the romantic relationship that I was in. It forced me to look at, um, why, uh, why I was publicizing myself the way that I was, what I was doing certain things for, who I felt I was, um, and man, there was, it was a hell of a process. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, one of the, one of the biggest things that I felt like I took from it though, was the fact that I, um, I felt like because of the position that I was in at the, com- with the, or within the community at the time that I felt, uh, this kind of pressure to be a specific person. Um, and I remember like, releasing my 10 year video like like five years ago or something. And some, somebody commented, um, I don't like the feeling of this. It doesn't feel like an Andrew Obenreger video. And I was like, the fuck does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Random guy. Uh, Right. Like it's not happy, (laughs) adventurous and fucking filled with, I don't know, like a bunch of bullshit and people laughing. Like, (laughs) my life wasn't that, you know, mm. and it made me realize that I was, I was forcefully making myself this character that was always happy. That was always like constantly adventuring and, mm. you know, doing all these things because I felt like I was forced into this box and working through that injury had, had pointed that out to me. So I think it was one of the, one of those painful things that I've had to go through, uh, 
kind of within the realm of parkour and, and life. Oh, but yeah. Yeah, it happens, man. It's a beautiful I, I, thing, though, right? I mean, right? We're grateful for these challenges. I think that, like, I 100% feel you, man. It's like when you when you wrap your identity up in this persona, you know, or if you feel like you're you're riding some some wave that is uh, is giving you a lot of feedback and and it's it's helping you in some ways, but then all of a sudden you might find it's not serving you the same. But if, or you might not, you might actually not understand that until, you know, years down the road or when you've had this injury and then you're forced to look at this and like, why, who is this person that I am pretending I'm being at this point? And then, you know, because you can't be that person because, all right, my injury is getting in the way or something, something falls out. Um, if someone puts a wheel or a fork in your spokes and you are forced to deal with these things. And I think that's, it's, it's it's a great thing to be able to gift, be gifted that in some ways, right? Because then you can Absolutely. do some of that work and you can f- discover, okay, well, what is it that I really am doing and what do I really want? Who am I really? And, mm-hmm. um, so that's what these, <clears throat> these challenges are, are there for, I guess. And there's a really cool article that touches on this very fact, you know, with, with Jason in the magazine, that's kind of talking about some of the same nodes of just how this injury can be the, the thing that interrupts your, your momentum and helps you realize maybe, okay, who are you without this, you know, persona mm-hmm. or identity or whatever it is that you're attaching yourself to. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, I, I do think that, um, and it's, it's interesting cause there's so many like environmental factors and so many, so many parts that are playing and they're moving within that space that like, it feels like it's always someone else's or something else's fault. But at the end of the day, like you, you've chosen that thing, mm. whether it was conscious or subconscious or, you know, yep. um, which I think is, is difficult to come to terms with on it, you know, on oh, its yeah. own. <laughs> but yeah, you mentioned speaking. Um, I was actually just talking to Jace the other day about this, that and his was, uh, his story was, for me, the most connective piece that we had in the magazine. Mm. Uh, and it wasn't because I agreed with it. I actually mm-hmm. disagreed with it very heavily. Uh, and the reason being is because I've never, I've never liked the idea of, um, of not all pharmaceutical medications, but I think there's a lot of pharmaceutical medications, especially within like uh, the realm of depression that I feel um, it just doesn't necessarily function the way that it should. And if it does, there's so many potential side effects, uh, that it's never been worth it for me. Yeah. Um, and the, the difference with like, you know, I don't, I don't think one, one path is more valid than the other. Right. Like I, I think that if, if something works for you, um, you, uh, you feel like you're healing, you are, um, at the end of the day, if, if something works, right, I think that there's nothing to say that it's, you know, you can't, who's, who's to say that it's right or wrong anyways, right? That's such, yeah. Those are both such subjective ideologies. <laughs> um, but what I do think is that, um, I, I just found myself within a very different path. Like we are very similar in the sense that like I was diagnosed with clinical depression 
uh, anxiety more recently in like 2013 with PTSD from a plane crash. Um, things of that nature, but I've never turned to pharmaceutical drugs. For me, it was, um, you know, a lot of meditation, uh, a lot of visualization. Um, and yeah, while there were substances at play, right? Like I did, I think one of the biggest things for me was psychedelic use. Mm. Uh, and I'm something I'm super open about. Um, and when people talk about, um, you know, psychedelics are this very like kind of taboo fringy thing. But if you look at, if you look at them as purely from a scientific standpoint, right. Uh, psychedelics hyper connect the brain in, in creating tons of new neurological pathways that, that didn't exist before. And if depressions, for instance, is a neurological disorder where there is, uh, something is missing or malfunctioning, within one of those neurological pathways, mm -hmm. right? You just create a shit ton of new ones. Mm -hmm. And if you are taking, I guess, the correct information or you're forming pathways that are more conducive to uh, your experience, then isn't it possible that you've just fixed depression? <laughs> well, um, they're showing that in clinical trials now, right? I mean, they're testing yeah. psilocybin mushrooms, they're testing MDMA, and they're showing extreme results that are, again, they're, they're out, they're out performing again with the caveat that of course, some, some people are going to use these pharmaceuticals and have better, a better uh, solution with that. You know, technology mm -hmm. has obviously been an, a double-edged sword. We bring it with us and it's given us a lot of things, but these plant medicines, like some of these, these more nature you know, this other side of the, the medicine coin, if you want to call it that, or the, um, they offer extreme results for a lot of people too. like single use they're guided through, or, or maybe four or five trip, uh, psilocybin trips. And mm -hmm. then they're basically hundred percent cured. Whereas like a pharmaceutical, you're on it for however for, long, uh, potentially yeah, infinitely, not. you know? And it's like, these are more permanent lasting cures where, you're making those neuron connections or, or you're doing something. And, and you know, I've, I've been turned on to some even new experiences, even just recently of trying to simulate those things without even, uh, having the plant medicine. I just did this breath work study the other day, which was like weird, weird, wild stuff where you just like, you just breathe really hard for, for like an hour. And, uh, basically you have a, a, a sort of out of body, like, um, energy, emotional experience release of, of again, like you're trying to build up all this energy to, to push out all these, these blocked past pathways in your neurons or in your muscle musculature, or, you know, it, it gets, unfortunately it gets a little bit woo woo really quick because it's not, ha it doesn't have the scientific backing and that's like why it's easy to kind of look the other way or, or dismiss it. But these things are powerful. Oh, they absolutely are. And I mean, being somebody who's spent the majority of my life working with meditation and breath work, I, I agree with you 100, like 100%. I think there are um, extremely similar states that you can get within both of those things mm. that you, know, you, you don't need the substance for. The thing about the substance is that is it is instantaneous, yeah. right? Well, and it can get you to a point where... It's, it's just like the pharmaceutical. It's just like, all right, let's get, let's get something going. Let's make a move. Let's get some motion going because you are, you need a jump start right now. And that can happen with pharmaceuticals or it can happen with a DMT or it can happen with 
psilocybin or it can happen with just a, a meditation potentially for mm-hmm. some people. It depends where you are, right? Exactly. And that's, uh, so it's interesting that you mentioned this, but so I started with psilocybin. Mm-hmm. Um, and that for me was one of the most intensive growth processes in general. And it's when I could start kind of like seeing the things that were holding me back and seeing the things that were creating kind of like my anxiety and, Mm. um, bringing those things to the surface. But it wasn't until dimethyltryptamine that Mm. I felt, um, all of those fears, all of those, those issues had been just like fully eradicated. Mm. Um, it was, it was, yeah, more recently as well, I went through a changa ceremony. I don't know if you're familiar with changa. I'm not um, yet. Not yet. Um, enlighten us. Changa is uh, somewhere between like 30 and 50% um, dimethyltryptamine, and the rest is the plant matter that makes ayahuasca. Hmm. So it's much more, which is also just, Which is also dimethyltryptamine. <laughs> so it's kind of a uh, DMT combo. Elixir. Uh, so the idea is it's a lot less intense than saying just a pure DMT experience. Yeah. Um, it takes you to very, very similar places. Um, however, the difference is that because of the additional plant matter, uh, it does give you, instead of like kind of just being blasted into the space where you're like, holy fuck information, <laughs> and then you're backed out really, really quickly, yeah. it gives you this space for observation and questioning mm. uh and the <laughs> man easily the most profound um learning experience of my i don't even want to say my adult life but probably in my life as andrew um <laughs> yeah but the, immediately like coming out of it uh, those things that I felt were holding me, like holding me back and, um, that were causing all these issues. They, all of them made sense. Mm. None of them, none of them were present under, other than the fact that I understood them. And this has been this way for months, you know, that those things haven't resurfaced. They, they don't seem to exist. Not to say that they, they couldn't in the future, mm-hmm. you know, um, but I don't struggle with them every day Yeah. as I eat. So. Well, that's the beautiful thing about some of this stuff, right? Is that actually you do get to a point where you're like, okay, I'm not carrying this anymore. You've actually <clears> sat <throat> down, like you've released this demon, whatever, this like, this energy, this anxiety, this, this can go away and it can, you can, you can free yourself of these things is what it feels like. And I've seen it and it seems like you're experiencing it. I'm experiencing it. Like, that's, that's the beautiful thing is like, you can actually get past this, you know? And I think that when you feel so hopeless, that's like, that's the feeling that it's just going to be there forever. That's the thing that becomes mm-hmm. the hardest part about it in so many ways is just thinking that it's never going away, that you're stuck like mm-hmm. this in this feeling, in this mindset state for the rest of your life. And that's why people want to potentially end it. You know, um, that's what drives people to have some really, you know, un- unfortunate and sad feelings and thoughts but exactly. these are these, these are the things that you know have just i've seen it been working more and more and i've been hyper skeptical of this kind of stuff too but in the past you know i've, I've raised in a very modern world and i'm turning a new leaf on a lot of this stuff and really embracing mm-hmm. that side of it you know i had a dmt experience last year for the first time and 
yeah, obviously, like you said, it is a complete blast off and then return to just like, holy shit, that was um, a lot of information. What What just happened? I just experienced like an entire lifetime in 12 minutes. Exactly. And, um, but what you learn about, you know, you learn so much about yourself through some of these experiences and that can open again, like I was saying, for me, it opened up new pathways, new doors and new neural pathways, I'm sure in my mind to allow me to start dropping some of this baggage I was carrying, dropping some of these things that weren't serving me anymore. And and it's been a process. It's not something that happens instantly, but, um, it's progress just like, it's just like in parkour, you know, it's, it get you you suddenly find yourself further along. You start to once in a while glance back and be like, wow, I'm actually doing stuff that I didn't think I was possible 10 years ago or two years ago or two months ago. Exactly. And that's, I think that's one of the things for me that like creates a lot of the skeptic or the skepticism mm. is the idea that it is instantaneous, right? That there isn't some struggle within that process. Mm. And, you know, like, it's it's a difficult battle for me personally because part of me does feel like it's an easy fix and i don't like that yeah I right like that oh, I man <laughs> i know i feel I, you when I, after my dmt thing sorry to cut you off I'm, but i was just like that is some spiritual steroids that's what i felt like <laughs> i was like that is some steroids for your spirit like you you can you can abuse that I guarantee like you could overdo it. And I was like, let's be careful with this kind of stuff because it's very powerful. Um, and I feel like I didn't overdo it. Luckily, you know, I'm very grateful for everything in my experience, but I'm just like, okay, they, there is, there are some shortcuts in some ways, or there's some jump starts, and, exactly. and they're not really shortcuts. It's like, all right, if you get to the point where that is the, where I needed it, it's, it's because I had been process that led you to that to begin exactly. with. So, but sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to, but yeah, I think no, no, like the, that's, that's part of like what you start to understand and then you start to want and embrace that struggle and the long-term journey and you don't need to, to maybe use these things as often or, or ever. Because again, like the work is, is <laughs> you've, you've lightened yourself. You've, you've dropped the, the extra weight. Mm-hmm. It's very true. Um, I think one of the things that that I've struggled with with utilizing these substances or these these medicines to uh, kind of to, to further my growth is that part of me wants to go through the struggle of being like okay I do need to meditate eight hours a day or like whatever that is to like uh, or put in this this physical process or this other mental process and like just do it consciously all the time and like you know because i do i do think that idea of struggle is extremely important in in the you know both the physical and um kind of the growth of the human psyche or whatever um but at the same time it's like if you can alleviate if you can if you can put yourself through like 10 minutes of just intense pain and struggle and and you know um and be plunged into this like super intensive uh, thought process and self discovery. Like, why would you not utilize that? You know, mm-hmm. I think they're they're just it's two extremely 
conflicting ideologies. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, regardless of the things that I, I believe, they have helped. And I think that is the important thing. Um, and then I can go from there and I can, I can take my four hours a day meditating and uh, kind of do the things that I feel like I, I need to do to fulfill that other side of me as well. So I feel you. Yeah. And I think, like you said, it's, it's, it's all where that learning takes place is kind of just unique to you and where you're at and where you're on your, your, your own journey. Right. It's, it's, it's what you need and it believed and you believe it works because it did for you at that time. That's not to say that everyone needs to go out and do the same thing. You know, maybe, maybe in 20 years you'll feel like you're compelled to go down that path or maybe never, Maybe you, maybe you already did it. You know, maybe some of you, some of these listeners here have experienced some of these things and they're like, they know exactly what we're talking about, but they're on a different, different trajectory now. Exactly. But, um, yeah, it's not linear. You know, these things don't just like, all right, here's the steps. It's just life is right. not, is not really aligned that way. So yeah. But yeah, I'm very grateful for, for these things. And I think, yeah, like some people don't need these no, these, they don't. these, these things to be, you know, they, they, they are challenged in another way. Maybe they grew up in a really rough environment and taught them some of these things that I needed some help learning or I needed, you know, some intelligence, some wisdom from <laughs> like the spirit world or whatever you want to call it. But there's, you know, whatever you believe there's, there's just, there's a f full vast spectrum of existence and some people are, are, are blessed with this kind of wisdom out, out of like, you know, childhood and some people takes longer, you know, it just, we're, we're all like gifted with different abilities, just like Dom tomato can do 40,000 huge front flips and, uh, his knees are okay. My knees, I am, I'm trying to get them into a place where I could do a couple of those, just a couple, a handful would be great. That's fair, man. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Don's legs yo <laughs> but he's so, what a hero right just to show that that's possible you know I mean that's just like that's the beauty of it is you can look at somebody like wow that's his role right now is like he's the person who can do that and look at him he's doing the shit out of it and mm -hmm. uh, you know I just get inspired by someone really just living up and rising to that fulfill that role that he's in which is just like I'm gonna send the biggest front flips for the next 10 years that anyone's ever seen and it's just like, hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> God damn. So actually speaking of Dom, if you're listening to this, you were supposed to be in issue one. Mm. You weren't because you never got back with me. Tisk tisk. Dom. How dare you? He's a busy man. That's like, I mean, but yeah, yeah. I'm sure he'll come on. He'll be cover of the one of these first few issues, probably. Number two. We'll get you in there. <laughs> I mean, oh, let's man. get into that a little bit. Like, describe. Can you yeah. help describe? Like, what is the process of selecting? Like, how are you? I mean, the magazine is is gorgeous. I haven't got my physical copy yet, unfortunately, because you know. Oh, there it is. Ooh, we. Look at that. Look at that. Legend Elabaca on the front. I couldn't ask for anything better than than that. You know, how perfect is it to have Danny on the on the cover of this first issue? It's really quite right. historic, you know. It's it's a huge it's a huge moment for our, our our sport and our discipline. Like I'm so hyped that we have this physical copy. Like this is I mean, this is 
this is big, you know, it's bigger than, than some people understand, I'm sure right now, but you know, the way you guys put this together and the amount of tension to detail and everything else, it's like, it's a completely, com it's complete, you know, it's, it's such a well done. I really enjoyed just even scrolling through it. You know, I was just like, wow, they really did the shit out of this. And like, it has that, it has a real presence, you know, um, I just applaud you guys. You did an amazing job with this first issue and have really cool, uh, just sections, you know, you had the substance, what was it? Paracetam. Paracetam. Yeah. Um, that's, a, that's a cool little feature. I mean, I'm like, I'm like that you're bringing all these different elements in. I can see so much potential already and it, and it, and it's just an amazing first issue just to, I'm, I'm so hyped that I have a copy of it. Um, what are you, how did you land on, 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 I mean, I don't know where to begin with this. It's just, how do you even start a project like this? Did That's you, a really good question. Um, <laughs> so this takes, this takes me way back. Uh, so, uh, I worked as a, I worked as a full-time professional athlete from around 2006 until 2013, more or less. Um, and I think part of the thing that I learned or that was solidified or solidified through my injury was that the person who was that performer, who was this, um, this showman was, was not the person that I wanted to be. And I realized that after coming off of uh, a tour back in 2012 for Coca-Cola, and it was a, it was a wonderful experience. Got to like, you know, bounce around India for a month. Um, you know, the pay was beautiful. The experiences were beautiful. Um, I mean, although being some of the most challenging experience I've ever gone through, um, they were beautiful. But the thing that I realized was that there was this complete disconnect between these these two Andrews, right? Um, there was the one who, on his like within daily life, felt very humble, felt very uh, connected with the majority of the world around him, and then there was the one that when he got on stage, he was this like absolute ego fueled showman, mm. and you know it's difficult when you're you know you're performing for a crowd of like eighty thousand people. And they have no fucking idea who you are, but you're like a fucking rock star. Yeah. And, you know, I was fueled by that. Mm. And coming back from this, I looked at that and every single show I would like, I would come down from this high and be like, no, no, I don't fucking like this. Like this makes me so unbelievably uncomfortable mm. all the time. And because this was daily life, I couldn't escape from it. Right. Like I had gone so, so deep into this, this whole of um, giving this this ego fuel version of myself to to the world around me escape from, and it was you know, like in two thousand, like the end of two thousand thirteen, that I decided I was like, you know what, I'm done. Like I didn't start parkour for this. This this these experiences basically just fell in my lap. You know, I never searched. I never tried to become like a professional athlete. Uh, I never looked to be a performer. They were the experiences were just handed to me. Mm. Um, and I was like, you know what? I, this had become a dream. Form. It's not anymore mm. because this, like this thing that I felt that everybody was like, 
trying to grab is not the thing that they actually want. Like we want to be living and experiencing parkour and loving the thing that we're doing, but I wasn't. Mm. So I was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm, I'm not taking any more work like this. I want to travel the world on my own terms. I want to like actually be able to train with my friends and not just like train for performance. Um, you know, because between that, uh, performing and, and teaching, I had no time for, for actual, like the thing that I loved. Mm. And yeah, so I gave it up. I started this, this side project called nomadic project, which was basically an excuse for me to travel and meet up with a bunch of friends and, and create stuff. And with that, I decided to create the platform, which is move mag. And it was never intended to become a magazine. It was never intended to become like this massive parkour culture platform. Is move mag in the title? How do you mean it's not intended? <laughs> How do you not? So, intend- I mean, maybe just subconsciously you just knew, I don't know, but I mean, a magazine is a broader spectrum. I understand that the magazine is like, doesn't have to mean a physical, tangible magazine, but I think it's hilarious that you're like, it didn't mean, I didn't intend it. I love it. I did. It was funny that I did have the idea maybe like 10 years back. I was like, you know, it'd be really cool if somebody started like a physical publication. It'd be awesome. Mm -hmm. And like, I know I have the resources to do it, but the one that I'm lacking is the time. Mm -hmm. I don't have the time. I don't have the dedication. There's no way I can make this happen right now. But what I wanted was I wanted it to be a home for like my travel stories and my life experiences and just a place like a blog where I could post things um, that I felt could inspire people to experience. And because like how many people is like the adventurous side of me that's just always like, you know what, we're. I guess not even just the adventure side of me, but the the part of me that believes that we are inherently here to experience and learn. And there's so much that I see like that are that feels like wasted time, whether it's myself, whether I see it in other people, that I wanted to kind of just like put information out there that would hopefully be like, ah, okay, hey, like I can I can do something. Mm. And it wasn't it was maybe like a year later, I think like 2000, 2015 or so that uh, my good friend Milo that you obviously what a hero yeah yeah of course Milo came on board and we we had decided we were like you know what this platform is bigger than me let's start like getting other people's content in here let's like let's open up this idea and we sat down and talked one day and he was like you do know that this platform could be so much more than just inspiring people to experience like we could we could literally help can you repeat that sorry we dropped you a little bit yeah paper (laughs) what can you what sorry Uh, yeah what did milo say it could help lead the Uh, way and then we dropped the call a little we could help lead the way in developing parkour culture oh yeah it was something that we mentioned like back and forth but like i don't know that i ever believed it i was just kind of like yeah you know that it sounds it sounds good on paper but like that is huge. Like that, that is a massive undertaking. Mm. Like it's, it's one thing to like promote the physical ideology of parkour, the, the philosophical ideology or something, <laughs> but to take on our culture, the cultural dialogue is, is a massive undertaking. How do you even fucking begin that? <laughs> and 
he kind of planted that seed in me and it's just kind of like, you know, I believe this is so much bigger than, than any of us. Like this is something that needs to exist, has to exist. Like let's make it a reality. So we became like, just, we all were super inspired and we were like pushing super, super hard to make this work. And at some point, like, because there's no money involved, uh, because we can't, like, we have other jobs, we have to sustain ourselves some, somehow, you know? Mm. We live in a society where like, we're not trading random services for everything. We don't live out of the city, you know, in some self-sustaining environment. It's like, yo, you need to put, you need to put food on the table, right? Yeah. And part of that, we just became super burnt out. We're like, there's no way we can sustain, like, the quality of this publication. <laughs> Um, and people were attempting to move and not fail. And, you know, we felt like we had, and a lot of us had given up and moved on to other like personal projects and things like that. And it wasn't until my ex-girlfriend, Tamara Monroy, uh, who has been probably the most influential and inspirational person in my life, um, came to me one day and, you have to know who this person is to understand like how much this meant because she was not the kind of person and you'll, if you read the uh, letter yeah. from the editor from the team, mm-hmm. um, I mentioned where like, she is not the kind of person to, um, to just like, uh, support for the sake of support. Right. Like she would rather like rip the fuck she out keeps of whatever it, it is. <laughs> Right? So she would tear everything apart and be like, so why are you doing this? Why is this important? What are you trying to convey? Are you, are you meeting those expectations for yourself? Mm. You know, why are you doing the things that you're doing? And this was the first time that she, she stopped and she's like, Hey, Andrew, I think I, I have something like really important to tell you. I don't really want to say it. Cause like, I don't like saying things like this, but I do think that move mag will be the biggest thing to ever happen to parkour. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? And she goes, yeah, it's it's like, I think this is the first project that I've seen you work on that isn't, it's not something coming from you, right? This is something like that's bigger than all of us. Mm. And it wasn't until then that it hit me like, because this, come, this came from, you know, something that should have been and felt super biased, but because of like her her nature just wasn't, it was like the most like objective perspective I had about move mag. And since then, like it just like propelled my interest and my desire to, to help facilitate this. Mm-hmm. And you know, the physical process since then has been, has been enormous. Um, <laughs> like I literally, I held this in my hands for the first time the other day and I cried because oh, yeah. Like this, this for me, like, I don't know how it exists. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was put in, like, I, it's, I, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, <clears throat> but I think uh, the thing for me has always been like, you know, we, we don't claim to be the first parkour magazine. We're not. There was a bunch of parkour magazines. There was Free Flow or there was like Jump or there was, I forget what they all were. We had uh, the guys from Breathe put out a, if I recall, they did have a printed publication. There was some other printed publication from Europe, which just like failed 
horribly. Um, one of one of I think there was two actually. One of which had no relationship with parkour whatsoever, mm. but there was just some company who was like, "Yeah, parkour is fucking cool. Let's work with some random professional athlete who I won't name because I don't remember who it was." <laughs> and I don't know if they sold anything, man. Like I just remember like seeing it and being like, "Huh, <laughs> this isn't this isn't very enticing." Um, but I think the important thing for me was that, um, I think this is, can begin to answer the question that you asked about, like, how do we select things? How do we, uh, like, what do we decide goes in here? Um, you know, it's like, we, I don't, I don't necessarily like, I don't not care for the movement, but I live that all the time. It's, it's every day. You know, I'm, I'm constantly moving. Why would I want to see and hear more about movement or like, you know, movement development or whatever aspect of movement? Um, what I care about is the things that make the movement, that make us as, as human beings. Mm. Um, I personally find that far more interesting. Mm. Like, who is Brandon Douglas? Like, why why do you host this podcast? Like, why are we having this conversation right <laughs> dialogue for me is so much more important yeah. than like the way you move which is beautiful but like i think the reasons why we do these things are are what make parkour what it is um so like we want to be covering the entire aspect of the cultural dialogue the music the art um the science the the design uh, fashion you know everything that makes us parkour right mm. uh, and so i think that process has been it's a little bit of everything right because you have you have a bunch of stories in here like um i don't know it's like <clears throat> right that is an experience of my own mm. uh but then you have things uh that were submitted like like jason's story right that's something that we've gone through something that he experienced um it is both a, a collaborative effort from the people that create MoveMag as well as the community as a whole. And that's something that we've always wanted and, and, um, and pushed for was that this is a publication for the community by the community, mm. not just by the people who, who run MoveMag, but we want your stories. We want, you know, if, if the only information that exists is like the shit that comes out of my mouth, not furthering no. like the cultural dialogue we're <laughs> furthering andrew's andrew's dialogue and yeah that's not what this um so yeah i think that's uh yeah man i mean that's powerful i i uh again like i think that the publication itself is is quite a monumental achievement especially just to see you know I'm glad you guys are doing it with such intention and having this first, first one, you can see that, okay, this isn't, this isn't something that was thrown together without, uh, tons of thought, tons of hard work and tons of effort. And I mean, this culture thing is so, it's so important because we need something that anchors us all together a little bit. And we need something that we can all collectively. And we do that a little bit already, obviously, you know, we have, 
we've all in, in some kind of democratic fashion, like elected store to kind of represent our community right now in some ways, right? Through their video blogs and I'm wearing their shirt right now. Um, and we, we, we elect like certain people through our own support to, 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 to thrust them into the limelight, you know, and we need, we need, we need these things, you know, that's one of the, it's partly why it's, um, and so important to have all these things developing is because, you know, by, by not being the first move mag, but, or excuse me, the first parkour magazine doesn't mean that it's, you know, that has no bearing on whether or not it's the one that represents parkour and the one that we're, you know, we're all going to elect essentially, if, you know, when it's a community-based project. Um, and you can tell that this, this, this publication has so many cool different stories and people from the community that, you know, I'm close with. So I don't know if it's biased towards me, but I, I, I was very happy to see, you know, obviously Nick's in there, my, my best buddy, Nick, and an ad from Strike Movement, which is really cool. And it's just, it, it feels it feels really amazing to just to see this next evolution of, of certain things. And I love that it's not exactly like anything I've seen as well. Like it could be about the movement. It could be kind of a mimic of, of Thrasher magazine or something like this. That's, you know, they have their own style, but it feels like it's, it's unique and original as well. It's not, it's not something that's imitation or derivative of, you know, of course there's other magazines. You're not going to reinvent the wheel, but Exactly. You did it. You did it authentic to your vision, the collective vision you guys had. It seemed like, and it shines through. You know, it shines through that you're committed to to doing what feels right and not necessarily what will land or, or stick. You know, to to the short term. Uh, exactly. What a can I ask like how how does how does it how is what's the business like model how is it going to be funded because I know that's a lot of like the questions that people have off the bat is like well how is this going to work you know and like why is it um so expensive and you know all these things which you know I'm not the one to make that complaint because I think 100 pages of like crystal crispy um, amazing photos and and something that's a piece of history for me is like you know that that price point wasn't a a bother to me but can you explain like why, you know, the magazine is yeah. what it is priced at and like how it's going to sustain itself? So this is, this is an interesting, uh, <laughs> I'm actually really <laughs> glad that you asked this because I think part of the, the bit that I missed was that move mag once again was never meant to be a business. Like this mm-hmm. was never like something that we were like, Hey, yeah, we can like make money off this. or like, this could be our careers. No, this was literally like, and still is just a passion project. Mm. So at this point, <laughs> none of us make anything. Uh, all of the money that does exist, which is very little, like as much as we've sold a shit ton of copies, we've made basically nothing from all of that. <laughs> uh, costs almost that price to print these issues because they are printed. They're printed on demand. Um, we don't have, we've never had startup funds other than like the first initial social campaign that we ran, mm-hmm. uh, which went entirely to developing this as a platform, not just a magazine. Um, so yeah, that's, <laughs> it's interesting because I think we are currently building that now mm. that if, you know, if we want this to be sustainable as, as a business, um, you know, how does that look? And I think, uh, it 
the way that we're currently doing this works through through two factions, right? Um, we make literally like I think five dollars. We make like five dollars an issue or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, might be might be eight. I forget. But it's like <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. Like yeah. it's not. It's nothing that sustains us. Um, <laughs> we are currently, but so right now the platform is literally sustained through clothing sales, now magazine sales, and uh, recurring subscri- subscribers for it. Mm. So we we've never wanted to charge for information. Like I don't want to make this some kind of like payment. Game. Where if you don't pay, you don't get to see material. Mm. I, I've always said that, that's fucking bullshit. I think information should really, if you go to like uh, the digital mag, everything Creative Commons. Like we want people sharing. Sorry, you're breaking and, up real quick. Can can you slow down? Sorry, it's just like I want to catch this because I think it's important. <laughs> um, yeah, unfortunately, it. we don't have the best um, connection, but keep going. Yes. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, if you go to the digital mag, uh, we, regardless of being like a, uh, like an actual company, uh, we don't have a copy. We don't put a copyright license on all of our material. Mm-hmm. Everything is creative commons licensed. Like mm-hmm. we want that information to be shared. We want that information to be accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't want to ever charge for that information. Uh, and yeah, while there is like some, some um some digital products we we plan on selling some other physical products we plan on selling uh we literally want 99 percent of information to be freely accessible to everyone Mm -hmm. so the model we went after was something very similar to npr where if you like the content if you believe in the things that are being produced and that what we're doing as a whole support us Mm -hmm. right uh throw us whether it's a dollar a month, five dollars a month, ten dollars a month, um, to you know, where a hundred percent of that money it currently is going to paying web server costs, which are currently ridiculous because mm-hmm. of how large our hosting platform is. We spend nearly eighty dollars a month on on web hosting. Um, you know, on top of that, we have like the Vimeo Pro that that hosts videos and all that stuff, so that we can have our own. Um, video platform instead of relying on spaces like YouTube. Um, yeah, so we wanted to take this route that was very much like, if you believe in the project, support it, mm-hmm. right? Um, so the majority of our funding currently does come from subscriber support. However, we are currently looking into some investment funding as well, just to kickstart things even further. Because I think without funding, like I would like, I would love if people just wanted to dedicate their time to supporting our cultural growth, right? But not not everybody cares enough to want to constantly donate material or uh, or you know photos or videos or writing or whatever it may be. Um, and while some people do, it's like, you know, it's not enough. So we want to have money to be able to be like, all right, guys, here's here's $150. Bring us a story, mm. right? Or more, whatever the fuck we can offer people. Um, because we want it to exist. And personally, I just believe that it's important that it does. Mm-hmm. So 
right now it's it's that uh literally it's like community support if we're not supported by the community which is us then you know we probably won't last forever <laughs> uh, as a, in a business form right yeah but because this is a project and because we believe in it move mag will exist regardless mm-hmm. just maybe not to maybe not to the caliber that we are currently attempting mm. to create it at well, I hope you find all the support that you need to expand it well beyond even, you know, but I think that there, you guys have everything it takes and, you know, I can see there's momentum. It feels like building in the the whole of the community again, you know, just, I don't know if you feel that too. Just feel like things are kind of like bubbling up again. We had this mushroom cloud and now we're kind of regathering energy. And I think we're going to, again, just, just be pushing towards a new era in some ways, you know, there's a lot of talk about the way that, I mean, you mentioned like the, the way that what, how are we going to consume information in the future? Are we going to be, is it donation based? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm a firmer believer as well. Like I think things should be free. Like I want people to just have the information. I want us to all just be creating together. I don't want to live in a world where you're priced out of information and, or you're priced out of, of knowledge or wisdom or even entertainment, you know, mm. but, uh, <clears throat> But how does that work and how, how can we, you know, how does, does that model work? Can we rely on each other's generosity? And, you know, I think it's possible. I think there's definitely a new, I feels like, you know, with the way that the, the internet, what has done for us, it has turned like the, the RPMs up on, on culture globally. You just have like more revolutions every few months or years of, of the, the up leveling of, of consciousness or whatever you want to call it, of just people just starting to like, all right we're starting to just like faster and faster spin towards what are we figuring out and what do we, what do we all want to do together and how are we going to do work together? You know? So this age of digital capitalism and these things with, with Instagram now, it's kind of, there's a lot of contention, like how much time would we really want to spend on this platform? What are we doing? Like that's a really hot button topic right now is, is like, where, where are we going to take ourselves? Where are we going to take the future? And you know, it's, it's a fun time because I think like, again, it's just, it's, it's turning over faster and faster. We're starting to really hone in on a more human version of what we want, modern and human, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. I, I, I really enjoy that. That actually takes me to, um, <clears throat> a bit that, uh, Daniel spoke of during, during our conversation. Oh yeah. Uh, which, I'm, I don't know if you, if you've read any of that, but it is, yeah, I read through the it, whole Ilabaka article for sure. That was the first thing I did. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I think it's maybe 16 pages. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's a lot. It's a good, it's a, uh, yeah, please go on. Intensive Danny ranting. It was, <laughs> it was wonderful. Um, but that was, yeah, it was one of the interesting things that he mentioned and it, it's, um, something that I, I struggle with and I've struggled with for years. And it also leads me to like, well, how do we, you know, take this ideology and implement it within movement as also, um, this idea of even like having this internal fight with wanting to be a part of like the internet of things. Right. And like spend time on social media, but also like, also his his 
the fact that he, he doesn't like social media, right? He mm-hmm. would rather connect with people, like give himself 100% to other people in physical interaction than sit behind a screen. And like, it's the same thing. Like we were sitting here talking and he's just like, dude, this is beautiful. Like we haven't seen each other in years and we get to do like this. Thing, yeah, right? yeah. It's but it's not the same as if I was sitting in your apartment with you. That would be much nicer. It, like, I wish you right, were here. Right, exactly. <laughs> I, I wish I was there as well. Um, but, you know, this is what we have right now. So it's like, but if we didn't, would we be forced to interact with each other in the physical world more often? Mm. Um, so I do, I do think it's an interesting, it's an interesting question how technology plays within within the overall cultural dialogue of uh, of humanity and you know how do we how do we make i don't know the things that we're doing more human mm. um at least for me i do feel like that uh, human connection is probably like <laughs> the thing that i obsess over most uh besides like existential truth which i think i think a lot less on now um it's like we're here we're human right like why not figure out this um so it's like you know how do we connect how do we connect more how do we connect better um and how do we connect in ways that are not only efficient but lasting Mm. right like do does sharing information digitally or even in, in, a, in a print magazine, like do those things last, mm. right? Like if, if you and I can sit face to face and look in each other's eyes and have an actual conversation about something, like do we retain that information? Do we hold those, those things better? Uh, are they more valuable than if we were to sit here and talk about them mm. uh, in a digital space where like, we can be more evasive. We can we can avoid eye contact where there's not this physical element. Yeah, I, I mean, know. I could keep eye contact, but it's just two pixels, basically. Two <laughs> <laughs> I got two pixels. It's my eyes. That's my eye contact at this point right now. So it's pretty. Yeah, it's like it's not the same. And uh, I had a rule for a long time on this podcast that I was only doing in studio recording because I didn't want to engage with with skype and digital domain as much i wanted real authentic conversation and i felt like it's inhibitory to have the the separation of the screen um but you know i just at at some certain point i was like all right let me just at least experiment with it because i don't i'm missing out on opportunities to talk to andrew obenreiter i'm missing out on other opportunities and it's it's so hard to to find the balance you know and it's this balance that we've been talking about the whole episode of of you know like that is it right there it is i'm sorry to cut you off no, but it is you said it, it is the balance like there has to be and as much as i do i personally also just want to live in a world where we are constantly connecting through physical nature i think there's a balance i think there's a way to say like hey i can give myself 100 percent there and i can give myself 100 percent here not just 50 50 but like i think there is a way to to fully invest in in all the connections that we make. So, you know, I agree. Yeah. Let's, uh, and we're figuring it out and that's what I love about, that's the opportunity that the internet has given us is to figure it out faster. Um, because we are connected Mm -hmm. 
you know, at a, at a rate that's unprecedented. And I think the Illabaca compared it to like cigarettes, which I found really cool and fascinating is just like, you know, we all thought that was healthy and it was a good technology or whatever. Like we all smoking for a minute and then we kind of figured out, no, that's not really what we should be doing. You know, it's fine, but maybe less or, or, or no, not at often at all for, for most of us now, like only, you know, a handful of people smoke these days in, in the circles I run in at least. And yeah, you know, we're going to figure, we will figure it out. It's, uh, we're, we're figuring it out now and it's a, it's, it's quite amazing. I mean, there's, there's never been a, a more exciting time. It feels like, you know, but maybe that's just cause I wouldn't know any better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think it's the one that, thing. I think it's hard to, you know, we could be like, yo man, like run around in fucking dark ages, slicing people over the sword. <laughs> that would be pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> But I think that's a different kind of exciting. Yeah. I enjoy this, man. I yeah. enjoy, you know, not there for my life all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I connect with people constantly. I think it's beautiful. Yeah, no, it is pretty beautiful. I mean, uh, how else could I have known or gotten to know so many people from all these different parts of the world? You know, it's, it's exactly. quite amazing. Um, it is. So can we ask, uh, what's, what's in, what's, do you have a issue too? you know, what is the, the plan forward with, with move mag and like, do you have, um, are, you know, is something brewing already in that development? I know you guys were aiming for quarterly releases. Is that, it is quarterly release. Uh, there is an issue two, there's a three and there's a four. We are wrapping up issue two. Oh, wow. Uh, we, we had to actually move like half of the content from issue one to issue two there you because go. in our, in my mind, I was like, dude, we could just release this like fat ass 300 page issue. <laughs> Whoa, this will be like fucking 50 something dollars an issue. No one's going to buy this. Like, mm. like, yeah. Um, so yeah, we will have four issues this year. Also at the end of the year, we will be doing this like, uh, like a coffee table collectors book, uh, that just has like, all of our favorite um, pieces from, from the both end. the digital platform and all the print issues, uh, which will be yeah, like printed fine art paper, like yeah, not a, not a cheap thing, but like something yeah. for people who really want to just have a shit ton of uh, material to hold on to and mm-hmm. something nice to look on, you know, a shelf or. Uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> We're all, yeah. And it's a, it's a lovely, it's an, it's a fun experiment, you know, like that's the beauty of like when it's a passion project, you're having fun with it. You're doing what, what it is that calls to your, your inner or higher self or whatever it is. <laughs> exactly. I, and this was something like we, I talked with, um, one of the moves pro athletes, Ken, which you also know. Ken. Shout out. Um, hey, Fool's Jam is going on right now. It's April Fool's Day. Is it not? No, it's tomorrow. tomorrow. Um, also, I'm sorry, Ken, that I couldn't make it. I fucked up on the days. I'm a piece of Enjoy. shit too. I didn't. I, I was like intending on trying to go, and then I was like, "Oh boy, I'm gonna have to buy a really, really expensive flight now if I want to go." And and I don't think I can justify it this time. But I miss all those yeah. goods. I've never, I've never actually spent time in Missoula, and I'm really embarrassed about that. I need to go I'm out so- there. Let me know what you do and I'll join you. Yeah, let's go. Let's do a tool. We'll tag team it, you know? Let's do that. Do it. I, uh, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stray away from this, this bit that I was going to mention here for a really quick story. I remember the first time I ended up in Missoula and I literally had like a 14 or 16 hour like, bus layover because I was heading to 
was, I don't remember if I was heading to Seattle or if I was heading to Los Angeles. I was either going to live with Eric Wolf for a little bit or I was heading to the pro takeover. I don't know. It was the same time. I just don't know which one happened first. But I ended up in Missoula and I'm like, phone was not working. I like did not place it was cold as fuck. Uh, and my only thing was like, I was asking everyone, I was like, yo, where is unparalleled movement? Like, <laughs> where is the Nobody knew what the fuck I was talking about. And here it goes. Ken was like, dude, it's literally like, the spot is like a block from the Greyhound station. It's literally like a... <laughs> like how big can Missoula... I mean, I'm sure it's a big town, but... I was so pissed. I was so pissed. <laughs> my only day I've ever been in Missoula, I spent at a Greyhound station for like 16 hours oh, God. trying to figure out. Oh my God. Not, not figure out where the spot was. Hey, that's like, that's that, bit, that's like, that, yeah, that's that, that's where the technology reliance maybe goes a bit too far is, um, when you don't have your phone, <laughs> you became, you become sometimes unable to find something, you know, just even a block away. But come on, Missoula, and step your game up as well. Step your game up. Know where your shit is at. Know where that unparalleled movement's at. Everyone in Missoula right. needs to know. All right? I don't know who the fuck is out there listening to this that doesn't know about unparalleled movement and uh, listens to this podcast, but one person, maybe, one person out there, some random Missoula and just doesn't even know. There's an epic park word. Um, yeah, I can't wait to take a visit there soon. Um, full stand. Yeah. What, what was my original thought? Uh, actually, what was your, what was your last question? I think question it was something about Kent Johns and the, what was it? Yeah. It was something about the, the higher self maybe, or, or the, whatever you're called to. And it has something to do with, uh, Kent photography. And I don't remember. It'll, it'll come to me at some point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll figure it out um yeah, come back yeah man it's uh what what what's been happening in mexico you've spent a long time in mexico it seems like right or how long you've been based out there and and why mexico four years, four years. Uh, mexico is a good that's a it's a good story um i i had never intended to live in mexico <laughs> like, <laughs> this was not the radio this was not on the radar it wasn't part of the plan and my story I was like yeah I'm gonna move to Mexico someday um I mean I've always wanted to visit I thought Mexico would be like a, I've always been super intrigued by like the history and culture and uh, I mean food is obviously incredible and the music is wonderful but like yeah um it's an it's an interesting question I um so I first came here back in 2000 and 14 when uh, the boys Dair and Dane from Urban Runners invited me and Ilabaka and Jerry Adrian, uh, Yohan Laru, uh, Josh Yaden and Natalia uh, as special guests for like the National Jam. Mm. And uh, it was actually during a point in my life, actually I had just, I was just leaving Colorado. Um, and yeah, actually, I think this was the first time. I think this was the first time that we had met, actually. Mm. Uh, but I was, yeah, I was just leaving Colorado. I was with my ex girlfriend, Piari, or my ex fiance, Piari, should I say. Mm. Um, 
And long story short, something happened between us. And like right before I was leaving, there was like some some personal relationship drama that went down. And uh, I didn't know how lost I actually was until I got here. So there was like one point that like Danny and Josh and Joey wanted to go adventure somewhere. And I was like, yeah, let me like hop in the shower. I'll be on like five minutes or something. And I remember like just blacking out and crying on the floor for like two and a half hours. And I like Jeez. just couldn't, I couldn't pick my up. And like, I just remember the guys like knocking on the floor. Is everything okay? Like, let's go. So like the entire time here, I was you know I'm supposed to be training with people, I'm supposed to be leading workshops, I'm supposed to be doing. Hold up, and then we're losing you again. I'm sorry. We got to get that. We got to get that Wi-Fi down to Mexico. Like, what's going on? The uh, or maybe it's my connection. I think we're good. It's just um, it's tough sometimes. With the Skype machine. See, this is this is the this is the why we wanted that you know this is the other side of the balance we don't like these poor connections all right it says it right here on my Skype screen it says poor connection and we want that hundred percent really? connection yeah um, but I can hear That's you cool. now I can hear you okay. great um, yeah so I mean I was supposed to be here like training people I was supposed to be teaching workshops I was supposed to like they had us taking photos and signing autographs and doing all these like kind of invitational guest things or whatever. And I didn't want to do any of it. Like I didn't want to train. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I just like wanted to be alone and sulk in my own shit basically. And even like, though I hadn't told anybody what was going on, like the only, the only person that really knew anything was Joey. Mm. And, uh, you know, I talked with Daniel and Josh a little bit about things, but like, Joey and I just like really opened up to each other, had some had some beautiful conversation, and out of you know, out of everybody, he was really the only person that knew anything that was going on, and yet we're surrounded by like two thousand other people, like being forced into this like crazy, this fucking pure craziness, and it, even though like I didn't want to be here and like be doing these things with people. Like everybody showed me so much love regardless. It was this kind of like unspoken thing where it was like, I know that there's something wrong, but like, yo, I'm here for you. And I didn't know how much I needed that then. Mm. Like I didn't, I didn't know what was going on. Um, part of me thought that it was just the relationship issues and it wasn't, it was, I didn't know who I was as a person at this point. Uh, I basically, this is kind of that point where I had completely lost who Andrew Obenrader really was and fell into this trap that I allowed myself to be in of like, um, of who I felt I needed to be, um, mm. for whatever reason. And I decided that I was going to come back to Mexico to like show my support. I wanted to come back and like do the thing that I should have done the first time, which was like, teach a workshop and like connect with people. And I ended up only helping Daniel with one of his workshops instead. I yeah. didn't feel like, yeah, I had the ability to kind of maneuver this space. So I came back, um, a few months later, I returned to Pittsburgh, attempt, attempted to work things out, 
was in a relationship but didn't really work. Came back to Mexico and I <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna put out some information that's like slightly incriminating, but so I had a friend who was like Hey, I want to. Uh, I was like, yeah, I want to do this workshop. And he's like, Hey, what if we can get you a sponsor? And I was like, Yeah, that sounds great. Like, what? Who's going to sponsor this within a two-week notice? Like, I'm just trying to do, like, pick up a public space, invite a bunch of people out, you know, get to know people actually. Mm-hmm. And he was like, Well, I used to work for the political party. Hey, <laughs> like, whoa. There you go. What? Wait. So like. You want the Mexican government to sponsor this workshop? And he's like, "Yeah, man, they'd be totally down." I'm like, what the actual fuck? So like, <laughs> That's badass. No, it's it really interesting. So we end up having this event, which was supposed to be much smaller. Um, but even then, like we thought maybe like a hundred people were going to show up at most. Mm. And he's like, "Very oh, well known here, but like I don't think it's going to be that big, right?" So. We get the scaffolding, we get all the equipment, get to take the spot set up. And like, we get there three hours early, and there's 450 people waiting in this line. And I'm like, fuck me. (laughs) (laughs) Mexican government don't fuck around, dude. They spread the word. Dude, I was not prepared for this at all. Like, (laughs) there's just nearly 500 people from the proper community here waiting to jump on things. And I'm like, all right, so I don't know what to do. Like, you told me that we didn't need assistance. You said it was like, you know, the people here are going to help. This is not, this is not a thing. I'm, I'm fully confident in handling 20 people. However, like, liability-wise, I would like for every 10 people there to be, like, a, an assistant instructor. Yeah. And we were You're about 45 short now. <laughs> Right. I was like, I <laughs> don't know what the fuck to do. It ended up like, um, it was interesting because it was a very experimental workshop as it was, but we ended up, um, you know, it wasn't necessarily about uh, movement. Like uh, everybody expected I was going to teach like a workshop on like fluid development or something that I've done in the past. And this was, uh, this was something really new for me. It was this idea that, um, I wanted to provide kind of my story through uh, what it meant to find myself and uh, basically apply the, those ideas into movement. So we started with like a, like a 30 minute meditation visualization session. And after that, I basically read this story from my, my journal, which I've never Never been a very open person in my life. Entirely. Wanna, we, got, we got a. Sorry, man. I hate cutting you off over and over again here, but it's just it's dropping you. Audio. Um, come on. Come on. That's all I can say. I don't even. I, what a, a. Yeah. Pray to the gods of internet. Like, shh, enhance the connection. Go. Uh, yeah, maybe we'll do a rain dance here. Um, can I can, uh, can I hear you? I think I got you now. All right, got it's me. still pretty bad, actually. God. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Sorry. You said you you open up about the journal. Uh, all right. So I opened. It was actually a nice guy right here. 
so I have, I have this journal, which is basically like maybe the past four years of my life experiences. And I ended up uh, reading like four or five pages um, from this journal. And I never shared anything, I don't think, as personal mm. with one 500 people in my life. And uh, like, I always felt like I was an open person. You know, I was very much open to, you know, experiences or ideas, but only ones that had nothing to do with Andrew. If uh, it had to do with me, I was an immediate. Oh, they, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're losing you again. Uh, God, I hate the, I hate the, I hate to cut this off. Like it's such a crucial moment. Like maybe it would be best to call back, but, uh, like with a phone call instead of, so we don't lose the connection, revert technology. Or, let me try something here. Let's try something. Switching my connection fast. Mexican government, we need some, we need some extra G. We may be out of, we, we need, we need that LTE over in this area right now. Okay. Unfortunately, man, I got a, uh, a hundred megabit, uh, <laughs> rocket connection, which clearly isn't working right now. I want that fiber optic. All right. I want that <laughs> next level that, shit. Like, if I cut my connection off, is it going to cut this phone call or will it just kind of like keep it, connecting? It may. Let's find out. Well, I got you now. Now you're back again. Okay. Let's just see how Let's, it goes. We'll try this. Yeah, it goes. If it, if it works, it yeah. works. If it doesn't, we'll, uh, I'll try the thing. So, um, yeah, basically I was, I was never really into sharing ideas or like very personal information on myself or my experiences. Um, and this is the first time in my life that I, I had ever done that. Mm. And I uh, basically told my story about how I was lost and how this community gave me the strength um, through their love and support to begin searching for who I was and, you know, begin to ask those questions. And I think this was the first time that I've ever cried with probably maybe in public. And not only did I cry, I cried with 500 ish people. Mm. And this workshop opened up with just everybody like giving each other hugs and sharing stories. And like, um, one of, one of the participants came up and told me how, uh, he had never told anybody, but his brother was dying from cancer and he just like never had anyone to and I was like, this is what this is about. Like, this is, this is, this is that human connection that we all, we all strive to obtain. But like, I think because of like what we take from society or what box it puts us in, like we're not willing to allow ourselves this. And I used to do that. I was like, you know what? I, I can't go back. Like I can't go back to I at least have to stay here a little while longer. Mm. Like this is something that I think is super important. And this is where things get like, you know, all romantic and cheesy. <laughs> but I basically had a during the first time I was here, um Joey and I had met basically my ex girlfriend, best friend, Lana, and our, our and just 
become beautiful tour guides. They just showed us like all around the city. They were like just willing to take us everywhere. Because the other guys were like, no, 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 Mexico City is super dangerous. Like, just stick here in the house with us. Like, Don't train with us. I was like, no. <laughs> oh, man, we lost you again. I'm sorry. All right, let me, uh, <laughs> let me try that. Let's try that. Let's, let's, we'll risk the biscuit here and just see what it, the other internet's saying. Reconnecting. Reconnection. Ooh. How's that? That's that's better. Maybe. It still says All poor right. connection, but I can hear you now. Okay. Uh, where's the comments? Where stuff like there we go. Right. Yeah. Let's, let's just eliminate the audio here for or the video. That might just help everything. It's not trying to transfer as many bits. Yeah, that's fair. Um, did I did I eliminate video? Uh, it looks like you may have, but I, you know what? It's working for me. It's working for me. Or I can't. Is it? Okay, cool. I'll, I'll, I mean, let's see here. What does this say? Can you see me? All I see is your your little profile, but that's fine. That's fine. Maybe. Maybe I'm still recording you. We'll we'll find out later when I open up that file. <laughs> but I can hear you, and that's what's important. That's what's important right now. Perfect. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I do have my my video says it's on. Hmm. I don't know. No. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> oh, there you are again. Um, cool. Um, yeah. So basically, I had uh, met up with this girl who I asked to come pick me up, and our mutual friend was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why are you going to get him at the airport? She's like, I, I don't know. Because he asked. He goes, I think some shit's going to happen. And she's like, no, neither of us, like, no. Like, that's not a thing. Neither of us feel anything. That's. And she goes, no, I think you guys are going to fall in love. Like, that's, that's what's going to happen. And we did. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was just, like, in here for three years. And then, you know. Also, because Mexico City has easily the largest parkour community on the planet, um, wow. there is—it's very difficult to want to leave here. Yeah, I think there's like maybe two thousand or so people that train like in the city alone. Um, so it's there's never someone to train with. That uh, but yeah, so that's what I've been. That's it's been my life here, man. Just train, enjoy life experiences. Um, and plus, man, when you can get like two weeks of organic fresh produce that fills your entire refrigerator from like freezer to basin hmm. for like $30, why the fuck would you come back <laughs> to the States? Yeah, <laughs> man. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I don't know what I'm doing over here sometimes. I'm like, I got, you know, <laughs> I got, I don't need this much space and I don't need this much um, grocery costs. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's changing, man. There's, there's definitely some being connected like this over the world does afford you the opportunity to be like, you know what? I can still do everything I need to do from this other location. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, again, that's a double-edged sword, but it's a, it's a beautiful thing to have, have you just living your dream out there, man. I hope to come visit, you know, and that also gives me the opportunity to have a, as a friend in Mexico city. I'm sure Dude, I'm sure through, several thousand friends in Mexico City soon. You know, when if I do visit, sounds like there's just a huge community out there. That's amazing. Um, it's, it's massive. The spots are fucking beautiful. 
the weather is always summer. Hey, you can't can't be mad at can't that. Can't go wrong. Yeah, you can. I mean, once again, this was never my plan. Yeah. I planned to like, you know, my my light. I think in in Madrid. I went to Spain, and I was like, you know what? I'm not coming back. Fuck the laws. Three months. Forget that. I'm just gonna like live in someone's fucking basement. I'll just avoid police at all costs. Yep, didn't go to, didn't go back to Spain. Been in Mexico for four years. It's the longest I've ever stayed in one place other than like where I was born. Mm. So, it's been, that part's a little weird for me. I don't like feeling like I've settled somewhere because I'm, yeah, Get I enjoy constantly. Spirit. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's, it's very hard to be like, to look at this and be like, this is totally home base. Like, there's no reason why like this can't be the box that I come back to like mm. as I'm traveling the world. So, I mean, it's cheap. It's, you know, every, it's beautiful. Everyone's lovely. Mm. It's not what people say on the fucking TV. <laughs> that's that it's what polluted or something like with the, I don't know what's, what's uh, Mexico city's like negative connotation is that it's so big that it, the air quality is bad or something like this. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> oh, okay, well. well, and it's super yeah. high up in elevation, right? So you, you're you're definitely pushing your lungs to uh, a new domain oh, yeah. of, of uh, strength. <laughs> oh yeah, it's. Oh, I forget how how high we actually are, but we're. I think well, it's above like nine thousand feet, or, or you know, I don't know what if it's kilometers out there, but it's, it could be like as high is, as ten thousand, isn't it? It's, what is it's, uh, what is Colorado at again? We're at about 5,500 feet, roughly, like, you know, depending where you're at, but like five, 6,000 okay. feet throughout the front okay. range. And then, you know, or four to 6,000. Yeah. I think we're, I think Mexico is closer to 10 K, but I could be wrong. No. Yeah. You guys are definitely uh, way higher. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's more severe up there. It's pretty wild. The crazy thing though is, so the city is basically like in this giant dish, right? Mm-hmm. So you have like mountains that surround the city, but it's built in this valley. So, uh, and because we're so high up, that the pollution will just like come in and get trapped in this like mm-hmm. fucking dome and mm-hmm. stay here forever. Uh, Someone needs to just that, dig out some of this dish, just side of the mountain, just dynamite <laughs> this thing out so we can funnel some of this air pollution down or outward. To get a release, right. we need a valve on that city. That's. It. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that's a thing. Um, yeah, but outside from that, it's like you know everybody. Uh, every single time I get questioned, it's like, oh, wait, whoa, you mean you live in Mexico, Mexico? And you're like, yeah. <laughs> like, where else would I be living? Fucking New Mexico? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, well, that I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, Mexico, Mexico. The, the landlocked Mexico is different maybe than like coastal Mexico where there's like all these resorts which is what people a lot of th- times think of I think where people vacation uh, versus where people live exactly and everyone's like oh but is it dangerous there and you're like I mean I've heard gunshots in Pittsburgh I've, I've had guns pointed at me in Pittsburgh mm. uh, I've never seen a gunshot here I've never seen anyone stab in person I don't fear for my life on the day there you go uh, I mean sure fucking the cartel exists I think like 70% of taco stands like <laughs> tip your taco stands patrons 
it doesn't fucking exist, man. Like, you know, it's not that bad. It's just not real. Like, it's, it's so far away, even if it's so close. Yeah, man. Like, I, I mean, I have been robbed here. I, I lied. I have been once. I didn't even know it. <laughs> I had somebody, like, sneak a cell phone out of my pocket in the metro. But, like, yeah, you know, I've been, like, robbed at, like, basically gunpoint in Boston. Mm. Fucking robbed in New York. Nothing has happened here that makes me feel, you know, unsafe. And of course, this is all like super, you say, subjective bullshit because you can look at studies and be like, oh, it's still dangerous, but like, nobody here sees it, you know? Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful city, beautiful people. I hope I can I come. Know. I really want to come visit, man. It seems like it's it's definitely a place where I need to spend some time. You know, I'd love to. I've only flown over it, and and I've seen just the vastness of it from an airplane. But that's pretty much it for me. Um, yeah, I, it's cheap from fucking Colorado. Oh, I'm sure. I, I, I'm sure I can get over there for you know. I'll just throw myself in a duffel bag and you know twenty dollars. I'll just have some strong dude pick me up, throw me around a little bit. Twenty dollars to him. Twenty dollars to baggage claim take a nice nap take a bunch of melatonin i'll just sleep the whole thing out <laughs> um yeah man well the, i think um maybe it's a it's a good time to wrap up i don't want to have this connection keep keep uh, dropping too much but uh, i want to give you an opportunity to you know what's so what's the last what's the thing people can do to get involved with move mag more or you know again we we know the subscriber support is really important is there any like other message that you want to share with with people and and how they can look forward to what you're you're up to next absolutely um so we are constantly looking for people to help with the actual production of the magazine if you you know, uh, if you want to come and join us regularly to create stories and create content, you know, feel free. Uh, we have a section on the website uh, under careers or work or something like that. Mm. Check that out. We're always looking for help. Um, aside from that, send us content. Um, go to movemag.com slash submit. You know, send us photos, videos, story ideas, whatever you got. Uh, if you want to help and you have the resources to help, you know, whether it's a, a single dollar, whether it's a dollar a month, whether it's $5, $5 a month, whatever, um, you can go to movemag.com slash subscribe. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, grab a copy of the print magazine. Um, and it's, you know, 100, 112, is that right? 112 beautiful pages full of stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah you know grab grab some clothes whatever everything goes to make sure that the platform continues to exist um yeah otherwise just share share things uh get the information out there any any help is you know greatly appreciated awesome so. yeah man we'll be sure of course that's all going to be a linked where you know appropriate links lie and reside and uh thank you so much for you know just doing everything you're doing man i'm, I'm so excited you know obviously i loved reading through it can't wait to get the issue i'll probably like show it off on the next episode when it's here and uh cool. thanks so much for coming on man and being a part of the program dude thank you for having me and uh, otherwise i should be in should be in your neighborhood soon. You gonna come so. to Colorado soon? I am. Oh hell yes! All righty, gang. That was it. 
Hope you dug that one. Thank you, Andrew, for coming on. Thank you guys for listening. If you have a thing you want to do today, go out and do it. But if you don't know what you're going to do, go into the description, support what the guest is doing, support what we're doing. We appreciate you guys already being here. And shit, you know, that's pretty much it, gang. That's it. I'll see you guys on the next one. Peace. Peace.